God's not turning it up on your inside. Just wait. A little while longer, he'll talk to you. And he did that today. Just going to share my heart. John chapter 14, very familiar passage of Scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house. Our many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how we can know the way. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to preach of the Lord to help us on this thought. Comforting words for troubled hearts. Comforting words for troubled hearts. Father, we love you tonight. We are so thankful for the privilege that we have to be in your presence and to feel you on this Wednesday night. Father, we pray now that you'd bless the reading of your word, that you would anoint us to preach as you've laid this upon our hearts. God, anoint us to deliver your word. God, anoint me to say everything you would have me to say. God, anoint me to not say one thing more. Father, I pray that you touch our hearts and our lives so we can leave. God, touched by the power of your spirit. We'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. In John chapter number 13, Christ deals with some very troubling things. First, he tells his disciples that one of his chosen twelve was going to betray him. And he passed the, the sop around in it. Uh, Judas was the one who received in the Bible says that he left out and Satan entered unto him. It was a very troubling thing. They loved this man like a brother. And here he is. Christ is telling him he's going to betray him and Judas leaves and forsakes him. Secondly, he foretells of his soon departure that he would be leaving and where he was going. They would not be able to come. These men had been with Jesus everywhere for the, the span of three and a half years. They had walked where he walked, talked with him. The, the times that they were apart was the times that he sent them into villages to preach. But other than that, they were in shadow. But he's telling them, I'm going away. And where I'm going, you're not going to be able to come. And then he tells Peter, the the the. the uh, mastermind of the group, so to speak, the one that uh, was the uh, kind of the, the loud and boisterous one of the group, he tells Peter that you were going to deny me three times. So in just the span of about five minutes, Jesus tells some very troubling things that was going to transpire and happen. And no doubt hearts were troubled, much like many of our hearts are troubled tonight. As we look around, they, they did not know what their future would hold. They didn't know what was going to transpire. They were uh, no doubt confused and perplexed at, at the, the hour that they found themselves in, much like we are confused and perplexed by the troubling uh, circumstances that we find ourselves in tonight and the, the very troubled seas that surround us with current events. Uh, Amen. And, and we too are living in very troubled times just like uh, these disciples uh, were in the point in time of our text, but right in the middle of difficulty, right in the middle of trouble, 
right in the middle where their, their hearts were broken. None of uh, If you go back to chapter 13 and, and it, it would flow right into chapter number 14, there was nobody that really shared their heart. There was nobody that really asked, hey Lord, what was going on? But Jesus, knowing in his heart, being the omniscient Savior that he is, the all-knowing God, uh, amen, he just said, boys, I know your trouble. I know your heart is broken. I know that you're perplexed at what's going on. But let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. He proceeds to give them a message of comfort. Despite the troubling times. And it's a message that would ring true for us tonight. As we are in perplexed times. And as we are in days of trouble. When every bit of news that we get is bad news. And it seems like nothing good, nothing right. Or nothing holy is coming down the pike in America. Amen. Jesus is speaking the same message to his church tonight. As he did 2,000 years ago. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be fearful about what you see. Don't be fearful about what you know. Let not your heart be troubled. And right in the middle of trouble, He gives comforting words to comfort their heart. I want to deal with that tonight. On the words of comfort that Jesus said. Number one, we can find comfort. He says very plainly and clearly, because we believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. As we survey the landscape tonight, many people have beliefs in very strange things. There's people out there that believe that we live on a flat earth. There is people here that will argue you up and down that there is such a thing called Bigfoot. There's Sasquatches out there. There's some in north and central Alabama. That people uh, say that they see they have a belief uh, in that. Uh, there are some that have beliefs uh, in political conspiracy theories. There are some that believe in aliens uh, and UFOs. Uh, there are some that actually believe Biden won the election fair and square. They believe it. Many people have beliefs uh, in different things. Uh, but your faith in God has to go deeper uh, than what mere man believes in. Uh, amen. We, uh, uh, it, it troubles me how we've tried to water down the gospel. Uh, you, you t I was talking to an individual the other night and, and they were describing another individual. And they said, yes, they're a very good person. They are a believer. Yeah. Dummy me asked the question, what do they believe in? She said, they believe in Jesus, of course. Why would you ask me that question? I said, because there's many weirdos out there that believes in many weird things. Amen. Say they're a Christian. Say they're born again. Tell me what they believe in. Amen. Many people, believers, believe in many strange things. Amen. But Jesus says, it has to go mere than just a head knowledge of something. If you were to look up that word believe in the Greek, it means to have faith in. 
And it goes deeper. It means to trust. Amen. There's, I may believe some things in the natural. And it may be out there a little bit. Amen. But I'm not going to put my life on the line for it. I'm not going to die on this hill as so. Amen. We say. But when Jesus is saying here. He's saying to have faith. Amen. And to trust. Jesus is saying let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You have faith and you have trust in God then you should have faith and you should trust in me amen Jesus is saying put all of your eggs in my basket amen rest at ease amen calm down I've got this I am good for it listen man may not know what's happening around us amen but tonight Jesus is still in charge and he's still in control and he's saying I still have all power Evil is not prevailing. Satan is not winning. Just simply trust me. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in the Father, then believe in me. That's a comfort to my heart. To know that I have a God. That I can just have more than a head knowledge. Of some fancy things that somebody else has told me. And it has evolved into feelings of emotions. No. I believe in Him. I have faith in Him. I have trust in Him. There's three reasons tonight why I trust Him. Number one. Because the Word of God tells us to trust Him. It commands us to trust Him. Psalms 4 and 5 offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. In Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. In Job 35, amen, He says, although thou sayest that thou shalt not see Him, yet judgment is before Him. Therefore, trust in Him. Listen, when we're facing troubled times uh, and we don't know what to do, the Word of God has told us what to do uh, to put your trust uh, in Him. Uh, we may not know what tomorrow holds, church, uh, but we do know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, who holds tomorrow uh, and our trust uh, and our confidence uh, should be in Him. Paul wrote to the church. He said, I write unto you that your faith not stand in the wisdom of man, but that it stand in the power of Almighty God. Man will fail. Amen. Man will let you down. But if your trust and in your confidence is in God, He never has failed. He never will fail. He's incapable of failing in the future. You are in good hands if you're trusting in Him. Comforting words for troubled hearts. Number one, we trust Him because the Word of God tells us to. Number two, I trust Him because of faith built from others in the Word of God. 2 Samuel 2, excuse me, 22, said, I, David, spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God, of my, uh, the God of my rock, in Him will I trust. Psalms 22 verse 4. Our fathers trusted in Thee. They trusted and Thou didst deliver them. 
And we have in the word of God the full assurance that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he didn't fail David, if he didn't fail Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he didn't fail our fathers, then church, I have comfort and I have trust that he will not fail me. Amen. We can look at this word of God, not only at the commandments from God himself, but at the stories in this word from Genesis to Revelation of four fathers and four mothers gone by that will testify to us and tell us that he is a God of his word. He is a God that can be trusted. I, I trust Him tonight because I see what He's done for others. Amen. Lastly, I trust Him because of the confidence that I personally have in Him. Hallelujah. The confidence that I have in Him. Job, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand the trouble. He had friends that was their best friends. Giving him all kind of spiritual advice. His wife is even telling him, son, just curse God and die. But Job said, hallelujah, in 13 verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I may not understand exactly what's going on. I may not be able to write you a hundred page thesis uh, on everything that uh, there is to know about God. Uh, but I do know this. Uh, he is God uh, and I trust Him. Uh, he is God. Uh, he has led me to this place and moment in time in my life. Uh, and I have trust and assurance that if He has led me to it, uh, then He is going to lead me through it. Uh, we may not understand uh, the perplexity of this hour, uh, but we must hold fast uh, if we're saved and we're born again and we're in the perfect will of God. God has led us to this hour and if we stay faithful to Him, He's going to lead us through this hour. My trust tonight is not in a politician or not in government. My trust and my hope is in the Alpha and the Omega and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I like Job. I trust Him. First John 5, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. In other words, this is the trust that I have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, it shall be done. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Joe, we talked about the power of prayer. Reading that verse will make a mummy want to shout right there. If we get lost in the Holy Ghost in prayer uh, and He starts praying through us uh, and if our will lines up with His will, uh, then anything we ask, uh, it shall be done. Uh, it was Bartimaeus that cried out uh, unto Jesus. He was crying, Jesus, thy son of David, uh, have mercy on me. Uh, and the Bible says that Jesus stopped uh, and looked at him uh, and asked him, what would you have me to do for thee? Uh, in that moment of time, uh, I believe Bartimaeus could have asked him for anything. Uh, 
under the sun and it would have been done. I believe Bartimaeus had the full attention of Jesus Christ. He said, son, bear your heart to me. What is it that you want? And I'll give it to you. And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And at that moment, the scales fell from his eyes and he came forth seeing. Amen. Like you and I see tonight. Amen. That's the confidence that I have in him. Amen. I can backtrack and go back through my life and all the times before that Jesus has never failed me, that he's never forsaken me, that he's never let me down. And if he was faithful yesterday and he's been faithful today, I know by faith he's going to be faithful every day of the rest of my life. That is why I trust him. Comfort in words for troubled hearts. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm with you, church. I'm with you. That's what he's saying. I, I may leave you physically, but never will I abandon you or forsake you. I will not leave you fatherless. I will not leave you orphans. Amen. His spirit is with us. Number two, we have comfort because there is a God because Jesus is with us. But number two, Brother Eddie, we have comfort. He gives us because of the promise of heaven. Paul said of this life, if I had hope in this life only, I would be of all men most miserable. But I'm not a miserable man tonight. And the apostle Paul was not a miserable man because there's another life that's a whole lot better than this one. There is a life and a heaven to gain. Amen. This pure, this perfect. Amen. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Right now, Christ is preparing a place for his church. Right now, Christ is preparing a place for his bride. And we have the promise of an eternal home whose builder and maker is God himself. You may ask the question, what is heaven like? And there are some things that the Bible tells us about heaven. I don't have time to preach it all tonight. There are some people that have had visions of heaven. Amen. And can describe in the detail what they say heaven was like in their vision. Amen. There's people that, scholars that study this and have painted pictures and portraits of what heaven must be like. Amen. I don't know exactly what heaven looks like, but I do know this. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 tells us that I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Amen. Human mortal man cannot contain just how glorious heaven is going to be. Mr. Webster don't have words in his dictionary uh, to describe just how beautiful uh, heaven is going to be. Uh, all the scholars in the world uh, don't have words to describe uh, how beautiful, uh, how glorious, uh, how splendid heaven is going to be. Uh, but we have the promise uh, that Christ uh, has gone to prepare a place uh, and that place uh, is going to be the inheritance uh, of the children of Almighty God. Hallelujah. You can read the accounts in the book of Revelation. I preached a message one time. The Lord dealt with me on the thought things that won't be in that city. 
There's a lot of things that's going to be in that city. But the Bible tells us in Revelation 21 verses 1 through 8, really 1 through 4, things that's not going to be in that city. The Bible tells us it's going to be a place. No more tears. Oh, my God. oh hallelujah. There's enough going on in this world to make you cry about. There's enough going on in this world to where you'll weep about the condition uh, of this world. Uh, amen. But as soon uh, as these feet step on the other side of the threshold uh, of eternity, uh, never will there be another tear uh, ever well up in these eyes. Uh, never will there ever be uh, another tear shed because the Bible says God shall wipe away all the tears uh, from their eyes. Uh, that's what the Bible says. Uh, if you read some of the earlier trans translations going back to the third and fourth century. It speaks in plurality of tears in our Bible in the King James. But going back to the third and fourth century, it speaks to the singularity of our tears. Amen. When they said God shall wipe away every tear out of our eye, there will never be another solitary tear that ever wells up in our tear ducts and runs down to our cheeks. It's going to be a place of no more tears. It's going to be a place of no more heartache and heartbreak and that gives this preacher comfort it may be bad now we may cry now but there'll be no more tears on the inside of that city there's going to be no more tears there's going to be no more death we never will have to attend another funeral ever again. We'll never have to say goodbye to a loved one. We'll never have to experience the pain and the sting of death. For that curse is lifted. That curse is over with. But it's going to be life and life eternal. Amen. That gives me comfort in this heart. We don't have to lose another life to COVID. We don't have to lose another life to cancer. We don't have to lose another life to high blood pressure to hide uh, diabetes, I'll get it out right in a minute, uh, or any other ailment or sickness uh, in that city. Uh, there's going to be no more sickness, uh, no more pain, uh, and no more death. Heaven, the wonder and the splendor of it. No more sorrow. No more pain. That's the comfort that we have for our troubled hearts tonight. Is that heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And we can't even fathom or comprehend how wonderful it's going to be. But Jesus is saying in troubled times, hang on to the comfort. I'm preparing a place. I'm building a place. All of the heartache and heartbreak that you have down here, you will never, ever experience it again. Boys, you may go through tribulation and trials. You may go through some sorrows and heartaches. I'm not going to shield you from everything. Out of those disciples and the early apostles, you can read in the Fox's Book of Martyrs about how they were died and how they died tragically. The things that they had to endure. Jesus is saying, you might have to go through some of that down here. But I'm preparing a place that you'll never have to go through it again. Hallelujah. Heaven sounds mighty fine. Heaven sounds mighty great. And he's saying, amen, I'm comforting your hearts with the thought of heaven. But he didn't stop there. If he just prepared a place and said, I'm preparing a place, 
It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to be holy. But you don't have any mechanism of getting there. That's like telling me that there's an all-you-can-eat buffet somewhere, but you can't touch it. There's no mechanism. There's no way to get there. That would be a miserable thing to do to somebody. To tell them that there's this luxurious thing for you. But you can't get there. That would be an awful tease. But Jesus said, there, in my father's house so many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Hallelujah. I will come again. And receive you unto myself. There's comfort in for our troubled hearts in this hour. Uh, because we know uh, that Jesus is coming again. Uh, amen. In the book of Acts. Uh, as they saw him as he was ascended into heaven. Brother Eddie. Uh, no doubt their hearts were broken. Uh, no doubt their hearts were troubled. Uh, no doubt their, uh, their perplexity had, had gripped their mind and their soul. This man we followed him. Uh, we saw him die. Uh, we saw him resurrected. He's walked with us for the span of 40 days. Uh, and now he's leaving us again. Uh, but then there was a voice from heaven from the angel uh, and said, this same Jesus, uh, which is going away, uh, he will come again uh, in the same like manner. Hallelujah. The message uh, of the rapture uh, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't have faith in much uh, in this life. Uh, amen. You can be disappointed when you put your faith uh, in temporal uh, amen, in carnal things. Uh, but I do have faith tonight uh, that Jesus Christ is coming. Uh, and when he comes, we're getting out of here church and we're going with him that is our blessed hope and that is comfort to our hearts the message of the rapture amen he is coming again amen the bible says not only is he coming but he's going to receive us unto himself and we will be with him forever and forever and forever the same way that carnal minds cannot comprehend the splendor and majesty of heaven, I have trouble comprehending the infinity of everlasting life. How is it that we'll never age a day? How is it that we will live for eternity and will never grow old? I don't think we can really comprehend that as mortal bodies and mortal humans the infinity or the uh, the the infinite amount of life Jesus said uh, amen uh, that uh, ye will have everlasting life that's never ending I can't comprehend that but I do know that there is coming a day when this mortal body is going to put on immortality this corruptible body it's going to put on incorruption uh, and we're going to be changed in the moment uh, in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, and while I have trouble in comprehending that right now, uh, amen, I'm going to be able to enjoy it forever over there, uh, forever in the presence uh, of Almighty God Church. Uh, Jesus is coming uh, and when He comes, uh, the born again, the blood bought and the redeemed, uh, we are going with Him. Amen. You can't preach on this without bringing up 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Not an angel, not a winged potentate, but the Lord himself shall descend from heaven 
with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. This scripture tells us two things. One, we're going to be forever with Him. There's never going to be a sunrise or a sunset or a nighttime on that, that fellowship. But it's going to be constant all day, every day. It's going to be Jesus. Jesus, 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 no sin, no separation, but holiness and righteousness. Oh my God, no, nothing to hinder, nothing to impede us, no flesh to get in the way, but it's going to be holiness forever in the presence of a holy king. We're going to be with him forever and forever. And number two, this scripture tells us that this thought, is a comfort to the church. Uh -huh. When it says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Brother Eddie, I can't think of a greater comfort in this hour than the thought of the rapture of the church. For those that are ready and prepared, there is no greater thought that we can think of than the soon coming imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes the first time in the clouds and we meet him in the air and the second time when he comes back and he steps his foot down on the Mount of Olives to execute judgment on this sin-filled world. I mean, folks, if that don't excite you, as Brother Eddie says, if that don't crank your tractor, you need to rebuild. If that don't excite you and prepare your heart, then you don't need to let this service close tonight without running to this altar and making things right with God. Because that is our blessed hope. There's no greater comfort tonight for the child of God than knowing that this is not the end. Then knowing this world is not my home, that, that Jesus is going to prepare a place and that he's coming again. And when he comes, I'm getting out of here and I'm going with him. Listen, that's comfort in words. For troubled hearts. I know we're still bummed about the election. I know that we're still uh, uh, upset about the outcome of things that are being passed and shoved down our throats. Amen. Sometimes we need a little bit of comfort. And sometimes we need a little bit of hope. And God is saying right in the middle of troubled times. I've come to give some comfort in words. Set your affections on things above. Not on things below. Have a vision check. Amen. Check what you're looking at. Check what you're beholding. What you behold is what you'll become. If you're beholding earthbound things, then you're going to become an earthbound creature. But if you're beholding things above, oh my God. If you're beholding unto heavenly things above, then that's what you're going to become when he comes back for us and we go. Amen. So he's coming back. And we're going to go with him. And lastly, I'm closing. Kirsten, come help me. I'm done. Almost under 30 minutes. I did it. But point number five. We can find comfort. Because we know the way, the truth, and the life. He said it in verse number six. They said, Lord, where do you go? How do we get there? Jesus said it, paraphrasing, if you know me then you know the way, 
the way you know you can have assurance in this thing. You don't have to, to, to be bewildered and to be uh, confused. You don't have to be straddling the fence with this thing. You can know the way because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, it's a comfort to my heart to know that if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, that we can rest assured that we're walking in the right way. He's never going to lead us down a dead end road. He's never going to lead us into confusion because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused about God and you're confused about the things of, uh, from above, then I can tell you you're not being influenced by the right spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, He's going to make the way crystal clear. There is a way, a highway of holiness, and we can walk down it. We can walk down the right way. We can walk in truth. I don't have to be concerned tonight with falling into spiritual error like so many are in error tonight because I know the truth. I know Christ and he's leading me into the path of truth and righteousness and I don't have to be bewildered about the impact of his life and mine. He's come to make me free in this life. Oh, but he's also come to give me life and life eternal and life more abundantly. Amen. Tonight, he's come to give us comfort and words in troubled times. Amen. I, I don't know exactly who you are, where you're at, what you're going through. But I do know that he's come to comfort hearts tonight that are born again and blood-bought. And if you're here and you're not born again and you're not blood-bought and you've not been redeemed, he's come to draw you unto himself tonight. Hallelujah. You might not be able to shout with everything that the church is able to shout about. These words might not be so comforting to you because you're living outside of the will of God. But tonight, you can come to this altar and you can leave shouting with us when you walk out the door knowing that you've been redeemed. Knowing that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. And you too can have the comfort, amen, that we have in troubled times. Amen. I wonder if we could tonight find us a place to pray. And you don't have to come bury your head and your hands in the altar, but you could come and lift your hands and your head tonight. Amen. He's come to comfort. He's come to help. He's come to touch. Amen. He's come to give grace and to help in times of trouble and in need. Tonight you can reach out and touch the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. That invitation was given to us earlier on in song and the Holy Ghost was so real. It can be a reality around these altars tonight. Just reach out and touch Him and He will give you that comfort. Let us come and pray together.